Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or receive prayer for. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you and hopefully answer some of your questions. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, 720-336-0897 is the text line. We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in here in Colorado and in Southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And we also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. It's a huge blessing to see how uh, God is growing the uh, Calvary Live family here, and it's being syndicated in different places across the country. And we also know that there's so many of you who tune in online. We have uh, regular listeners who tune in via our mobile app um, from all parts of the country and even other parts of the world. So however you've tuned in today, we're so glad that you have. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. We want to remind you uh, who are listening on the East Coast or in the area around Tennessee on Truth FM and in Hope FM, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind, but we would still love for you to call in. Um, those of you, though, who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming, Grace FM, um, and those of you listening online, you're hearing the show live. So um, just keep those things in mind, but we would love to hear from those of you on the East Coast, and we, we generally do have a lot of great calls coming in from the East Coast. So we, we love being syndicated and having uh, all of you listening and being able to call in with your questions and receive answers, and we'd love to hear from you. So again, give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Once again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe there's something in your Bible reading that's come up that's confusing you or something that you have further questions about that we can help you sort out and answer. And if all, on the other hand, maybe there's some of you who have things going on in your life and you just love for this community of people to pray for you and agree in prayer. We'd love to hear from you. If you uh, don't have that app on your phone or on your tablet yet, uh, we encourage you to go get it. You can just go to your app store for whatever device you use and type in Grace FM, and it should come right up. And you can also just tune in in your browser. So if you're on your laptop or tablet or whatever, you can go in and you can just type in gracefm.com. You go there, and you hit the Listen Live button, and you can listen to this show and all the other great shows on Grace FM right there in the browser. 
Um, a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're a church that loves Jesus and we love to study the Bible. We generally study the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter. Currently, though, we're, we're in a study where we're doing a topical study. I'll tell you about that in just a second. But we meet in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is right. It's one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So we're right downtown. In fact, the building that we meet in right in front of us is a kind of grassy park area. And in that area, that is the place from which all the um, all the parades and everything in the city of Longmont take off. So it's very central location, very well-known uh, building. It's called the St. Vrain Memorial Building. And our church meets there on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We're right on the edge of Roosevelt Park, and we're right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. So Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street, if you're familiar with Longmont. And if you're not familiar with Longmont, but you'd love to come visit us, we would love to have you. And you can find directions and all kinds of good information about us to help you get prepared to prepared for your visit at our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. So it's whitefieldschurch.com. And um, there on our website, you can also listen to all of our messages, you know, past messages. You can catch up on our series. You can also find us um, right recently, you know, podcast listening has been uh, on the increase just in general around the world. And so we have so many people who listen to our podcast. We encourage you to do that, too, if you have a podcast app on your phone, uh, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or even Google Play Podcasts. You can just type in Whitefields Community Church. It's Whitefields is two different, two separate words. Just keep that in mind. Uh, when you type that in, but Whitefields Community Church. And you can also find us on social media. So we're on all the major channels, and uh, we'd love to connect with you and hear from you. Even just this past week, you know, I was at church yesterday and uh, had several people come up to me after service and say, hey, you know, we've been listening to you on the radio, and, uh, you know, they've been listening to the sermons and listening to this show, and it's great to connect with you and put some faces uh, to the listeners. So thanks for doing that, and we'd love to have many more of you come visit us at Whitefields um, Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., and you can get directions and all that good information and our webs on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller, Greg in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Greg. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question that's not exactly biblical. Okay. Um, uh, I do listen to you a lot, and uh, actually my sister and brother-in-law attended your church when they lived in Longmont, but they've since moved. Oh, really? So now, that's great. Now they're in Arizona, but uh, at any rate, um, I have a son who's middle-aged. He has a history of alcoholism, although he is not drinking at this point, mm. but uh, he still has the alcoholic thinking. He thinks pretty much the way he did when he was um, under the influence and all that. So at any rate, what I was wondering is, is uh, I know that the more excellent way advertises on your station and is connected with the church somehow. Yes. Uh, are there halfway houses or anything like that that is uh, a program that's possible to get in? You know, I don't think the more excellent way, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask my, um, producer here to help me out and give me some of this info but um so it doesn't run at our church in longmont it runs there's two places where they do it that i know of for sure uh, one is in aurora at calvary mm -hmm. chapel and the other one is in colorado springs at the calvary chapel there at one of the calvary chapels there and um, mm -hmm. i don't believe they have a halfway house um 
but I do know of uh, a program. Okay, here, so here's one also. U-Turn for Christ, which I believe is based in Colorado Springs. That is a halfway house, so they do have a resource there. And um, that might be a, a really good thing. I've heard really good reports, you know, coming out of U-Turn for Christ. Um, you know, it's a kind of, kind of like a, what, what would you call it, residential program is what you might call mm -hmm. it, these terms, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a place where they can live and be and be with people in a positive environment, but it's definitely a Christian-based environment. They're going to be helping him to find, you know, liberty from this and a new way of thinking um, through the Bible and through... Um, you know, victory in Christ. So U-Turn for Christ, that's just the letter U. So, and the, mm -hmm. the other thing I'll tell you to do is, uh, so when we get off the line here, I'm going to ask you to talk to the producer and um, he can give you that info for U-Turn for Christ. Um, and that would be really maybe a, a good resource. I do know that yeah. there are um, Celebrate Recovery groups here in Northern Colorado that uh, I know mm -hmm. that they have a, a good program as well. But the 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 more excellent way is based in Aurora and Colorado Springs. Yeah, he, he definitely needs something with housing because at this point he's homeless. Okay. Has been for quite a few years. Um, you, you know, like all uh, uh, people in this situation, why we have uh, certainly, you know, given him many opportunities mm. and, uh, and this and that. And, uh, and like I said, he's... He's not drinking, but That's good. Uh, the, the, the thinking that he has is uh, no better than it was really when he was drinking. Okay. Because he is, you know, he definitely, you know, basically the yeah. problem is, is that he, you know, he'll find somebody to befriend so that he can use them for a while, and then, of course, that burns up, and then he's back to square one, and he's doing the same thing again. You know? I see. And, uh, and so he, uh, you know, he uh, uh, his work history is terrible. Although he has, you know, it's not a matter of not being smart enough or not having uh, actual skills because he has some really good skills, particularly in culinary stuff. Hmm. And uh, he was a chef up at Vale for a while and stuff. So, is your I mean, is your son based? I mean, is he in Greeley? Okay. Well, I was just going to say that here in Longmont, we have a service which is kind of a, a collaboration between several churches that came together and formed a nonprofit. I'm involved with it as well. It's called Agape Safe Haven. And uh, I teach a Tuesday Bible study for them. But their season only goes from um, October to April. So they just finished. And uh, what they do is they take applicants. And usually um, it's a, you know, it's a Christian program. And the idea is to help people get out of homelessness, change their thinking, and that kind of thing. But like I said, that really only runs throughout the winter. Um, uh -huh. But that would be something that I would encourage you to maybe check out as well um, if it comes to that time. Hopefully, though, you know, like U-Turn for Christ sounds like a great, um, a great option for you and for your son if he's willing. But if, you know, if it comes to it and later on this year, maybe Agape um, Safe Haven, it's also – so. Look, look it up online under Agape Safe Haven or Agape Family Ministries. It's based in Longmont. It should come right up in Google, and that might be another option for you. Oh, but, uh, let, let me go ahead and pray for you and your son. This is a this is a difficult Please thing. Do. Thank you. Yeah, because you know it's like how do you balance uh, wanting to help and wanting and then being 
not enabling and these kind of things. So mm -hmm. let's, let's pray. Exactly. Heavenly Father, we pray for Greg, and he needs your wisdom, Lord. And I, I know this, that it honors you when we come to you and we ask for wisdom because it shows that we um, know that you have the wisdom we need and we know that you are willing to give it to us when we ask. And so we come to you, Lord, with a heart to honor you and a, and a heart to uh, just confess that we lack the wisdom we need for what to do in this situation. And we also lack the ability uh, to see Greg's son um, get better and come off the streets and fulfill the potential that you've given him for his life. So, Lord, we ask that, um, Lord, you would work in Greg's son's mind. We pray that he would, his thinking would change, Lord, that um, his mind would be restored and renewed in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, Lord, we pray that there would be a way for him to get into this program and that you would even use this uh, for his benefit and to see him mm -hmm. back on his feet and, and thriving. And we pray that in Jesus' mm -hmm. name. Amen. Amen. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Greg. God bless you. I appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. You too. Thank You're you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Joel in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Joel. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? Doing great. What's up? Um, yeah, so I was just talking with uh, one of my neighbors the other day, and she said she left the church a few years ago after doing a lot of research on the Holocaust, and she was having problems with the fact that um, she couldn't come to grips with uh, a God, believing in a God that would allow such brutal suffering. So I was just wondering how you would approach answering that kind of question. Yeah, you know, I'm right in the middle of a series where I'm addressing those very questions. In fact, I think it's uh, Father's Day. So two Sundays from now, I'm going to be addressing that issue, and we will bring up the Holocaust for sure, um, as well as other things. But So I'll just tell you a little bit about our series, and then we have kind mm -hmm. of answered this question a little bit, and I'll tell you how some of the ways we go about answering it. So we're doing this series called I Could Never Believe in a God Who, and each week in the series we're addressing one of the ways that people answer that question. And clearly this is one of them, right? This is actually, we did a poll, and we got a couple hundred uh, responses, but we, we checked it against, you know, bigger polls that had bigger sample sizes. And what we found is, at least in our poll, this was the number one response that we got from Christians and non-Christians. I could never believe in a God who allows good people to suffer or who allows anybody to suffer for that matter. And uh, it, this is really a big deal. In fact, the Bible treats this as a really big deal. And this is a whole category of theology, by the way, if you're ever interested in studying this on a deeper, more academic level. This um, area of theology is called theodicy. And um, there's a way in which you could say that this is the first and main category that the Bible deals with when it comes to God. Because on one hand, the Bible, well, let's, let's just talk about it this way. Okay, um, the oldest book in the Bible, historically, chronologically, is not Genesis, right? The, probably the book of Job was written prior to the book of Genesis uh, being yeah. written, right? Even though Genesis tells us about things that happened before uh, Job. So mm -hmm. when Job writes, um, the whole purpose of Job's book is to answer the theodicy question. If God is good and loving, then why do bad things happen? And, uh, you know, it gives us a specific answer. 
But then even if you look at the whole narrative arc of the Bible, which what I mean by narrative is this, that if you look at the Bible, the Bible isn't just like a bunch of random stories about that kind of give us some insight into God. The Bible actually is a cohesive story that has all the elements of something a story would have, right? It starts out with an ideal, then it presents the problem, then it builds character development, builds up to a climax, which is Jesus on the cross, and then it comes to uh -huh. a conclusion how things are wrapped up. And the whole story of the Bible really is the story of why do bad things happen and what is God doing about it? And the, the answer the Bible gives us is the reason that bad things happen is because God created us good and, and gave us a realm of freedom and we use mm -hmm. that freedom and power to rebel against him and the consequences have been catastrophic so here here are a few answers to that the very simple answer although not very satisfying is this that um, the reason why bad things happen is because God has given us a, a realm of freedom now the reason I, I call it a realm of freedom is because I believe that God is absolutely sovereign over all things yeah and but within that sovereignty, clearly he has given us some degree of choice, right? Like I chose the clothes that I put on today. Like I could choose to go and do something really bad right now. And that wouldn't be on God. That would be on me because within God's sovereignty, he remains sovereign despite the fact that he has given me a realm within which I can move freely. And the, the tragedy of history is that people have used their power. They've used that freedom in order to cause pain and suffering. Now, here's one way I'd put it to you. Um, a lot of people in this world assume that the worst thing that can happen to you is number one, to suffer, and number two, to die. But the Bible would say, actually, those are not the worst things that can happen to you. And here's why. Because every person in this world will suffer and they will die. It's just a question mm -hmm. of when and how. Right. So uh, Jesus said this incredible phrase, which really puts a lot of things in perspective. He said, do not fear those who can hurt the body, but fear him who can destroy the body and the soul in hell. And who is that? Well, he's talking about God. He's talking about himself. Right. So he told us he's the wow. judge. So what he's telling us is what we really need to think about is this, that there is something which is worse than suffering there's something worse than hell and you know one of the things that the book of James tells us is that he says what is your life and he gives us this definition of life which is maybe at first the most uh, disappointing definition of life that you could possibly give which is this he says what is your life your life is but a vapor well I would expect him to say something cool like your life is awesome and you are you know the most dangerous you have the greatest potential but instead he says you know yeah. what your life is you're a vapor boom you're like the air freshener in the bathroom it exists for two seconds and then is gone right and uh yeah. and you look at that is that depressing uh maybe at, at the outset but on another hand it's not depressing for one reason is that there is a lot of suffering in this world and what he's saying is that um if your life is a vapor, guess what that means? It means that this life is, is but a drop in the bucket, right? It's a drop of water in the ocean of eternity. It's not going to last for long. And the question is, what are you doing with this life? Because if you die at age 20 or at age 80, in light of eternity, in the scope of eternity, it's really a minuscule difference. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's like the blink of an yeah. eye. 
And here's the deal. This life, we all have a very short window of time. We are all going to suffer. We are all going to die. The question is, what will happen to you after you die? And that is something which can only be determined uh, in this life. And so I would say this. Um, I think we spend maybe too much time asking this question and, and not enough time dealing with the bigger issue, which is that, um, yeah, all, all people die, all people suffer. It's a question of when and how you will suffer, not a question of if you will suffer. And, um, you know, life eternal, the righting of all wrongs, is held out and offered to you with an open hand. And the question is, will you, will you take it? The other thing I would tell you is this. The Holocaust bothers God. It, it bothered God more than it bothers us. So you can think about how angry and how upset you get thinking about children in schools who suffer from gun violence. You can think about how angry you get when you hear about um, genocide, rape, etc., and, and the Holocaust, and then understand that God is so much more upset about it than we are. In fact, he is so upset that he came and he died in order to put an end to it forever. And that promise is held out to us. You say, why doesn't God do something? God has done something. The question is this. Your life is as short in the, in the big picture as, as the blink of an eye. Will you use this time that you have now to receive the salvation in which all the rights will be wronged? All of the pain will be, will be taken away. And, and that is offered to you. And to, to miss that because you, you struggle with understanding why God allowed something to happen um, it's two things. Well, I don't know if it's two things. It's at least one thing. It's this. Um, you're assuming that you have all the information in order to make that judgment call. And the fact is that none of us do. So I, I guess, uh, you know, there's so much that can be said on this topic. Like I said, yeah. really, this is the topic that the entire Bible deals with. Um, mm. You know, one, one of the other answers I'll give, and I'll, I'll just leave it here is this, that um, we often, this, this is re referred to as the trilemma of theodicy. A trilemma of theodicy means this, that there are three things that people say, well, if these things are, these things can't all be true at the same time, because uh, two of them can be true, but not all three at the same time. And that's this, God is loving, God is all-powerful, and evil exists. And they say, well, if God is loving, and evil exists, then God must not be all-powerful. Because if he was, he would stop evil from happening. The other one they say is, well, if, if God is all-powerful and evil exists, well, then maybe God's not loving, and he just doesn't care. Um, and, and so they say, well, he can't be loving, all-loving and all-powerful, and evil exists, because if he was all-loving and all-powerful, then he would not allow evil. And the, the, the problem with the trilemma of theodicy is that it, it fails to recognize the fact that God has more than two attributes. God is also uh -huh. all-knowing, isn't he, right? He knows more than we do. In fact, he knows the big picture, like he knows history. Um, he knows what will happen in the future and what will happen in the past and how all things work together. And so I think that there needs to be a sense of humility in us that says, 
I don't know all things. I don't know why God has decided to do what he has done. But that's actually where trust comes in. In fact, that's the very definition of trust, is that I don't have all the information, but I trust in spite of that. So um, yeah. I know that's a ton of information, and there's so much more that could yeah. be said, but I'll just leave it there. All right. No, that was a great answer. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, and I just pray God gives you wisdom as you as you help your friend move uh, through these difficult questions. Thank you. Appreciate that, and enjoy listening to the show. Awesome. God bless you, Joel. All right. Bye-bye. All right. You too. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We uh, have one more caller on the line, but we have two open lines, so do give us a call. The number is 303 and our text line is 720-336-0897. Just a quick note before we go to our next caller is that uh, I got a text message uh, following up on our first call, and this person wanted me to note that there is also a most excellent way recovery group that meets at Calvary Brighton, in Brighton, Colorado, on Friday nights at 7 p.m. So maybe some of you in this northern or northeast suburbs of Denver area, uh, that's that would be an option for you. So Calvary Brighton, 7 p.m., most excellent way. Let's go to our next caller, Jeffrey in Philadelphia. Hi, Jeffrey. Welcome to the program. Jeffrey. We might have lost uh, Jeffrey. So that means that we have all open lines. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. While we wait for those calls to come in, and we are going to our break in just a minute, I'll tell you a little bit about this. Uh, you know, I've been telling you about this series we've been doing, I Could Never Believe in a God Who... This past Sunday, we looked at a really interesting one, which was, I could never believe in a God who creates hateful and hypocritical followers. And a lot of the polls we looked at, this was a really big one. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of quotes surrounding this, you know, like uh, famous people, like Friedrich Nietzsche said, I will believe in the Redeemer when the, when the Christians look a little bit more like the redeemed. Uh, there were people like Brennan Manning, who said the number one cause of atheism in the world is Christians who walk out the doors of a church and don't live in a way that is Christian. And he said the unbelieving world finds that utterly unbelievable. And, um, you know, there are people who say, well, why is it that sometimes people who don't follow Jesus um, seem to be better moral people than those who do? And there are other people who say, well, you know, how could it be that uh, people who follow Jesus, who's all about love, uh, can be some of the most hateful and hypocritical people in the world? And so we looked at that question in detail this past Sunday. And uh, if you're interested in that topic, I'd encourage you to check it out on our podcast or on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. But uh, really what we looked at was First Peter chapter 2. We talked about how, you know, at the end of the day, there are two kinds of hypocrites. There's those who are not actually Christians, who Jesus deals with when he talks like to the Pharisees. And he says, you know, you guys, you, you think that um, you're getting into heaven and other people aren't. He says, the truth is you're not even getting into heaven. And by your actions, you prevent others from getting there. And then he goes on to to pronounce these woes over them, you know, woe to you Pharisees and hypocrites, etc. That's the one kind of hypocrite, the proud, uh, stubborn kind. But then there's the other kind of hypocrite, like, you know, you see Peter, who uh, on several occasions fails to live up to what Jesus has called him to do or taught him to do. He fails to reflect Jesus' teachings and his actions during his time as a disciple. And Jesus doesn't treat him um, with frustration. 
he doesn't but he he shows him extreme patience and extreme grace and uh, lovingly corrects him and so really the question is uh, are are all of us um are all of us hypocrites well yeah truly i mean if you have a standard that you yourself don't live up to in a way that makes you a hypocrite but there are two kinds of hypocrites and God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And we should give grace to those as well who we see uh, struggling. Furthermore, First Peter chapter 2 shows us how God can actually use other people who rub you the wrong way uh, to shape you and to make you more into the image of Jesus. We've come up on our uh, mid-show break. We'll get back to our callers right after this. You can give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll be back in two minutes time after this break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or if there are things going on in your life that you'd like to talk about or receive prayer for. We would love to talk with you and pray for you, hopefully answer your questions the number to call is 303-690-3000, but we have all full lines right now. But you can still text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our call in line. Let's go to Lori in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing well. What's up? I just wanted to call in and comment to the last caller that you talked to about pain and suffering. And I just wanted to thank you for your comments. I lost a daughter to cancer about 18 years ago, and I just had this conversation with my 26-year-old son last night. He's still very, very angry at God about mm. the bad things that happen, especially anything that happens to children. And I just, I never wasted time wondering the why it happened, but really focused on the fact that because Jesus lives, my daughter lives. Amen. And it was just so wonderful to hear your explanation. I just wanted to thank you for that, because to know that I get to spend eternity with her brings me joy every day. And I wow. just wanted to tell you that, tell you thank you. Thank your you, explanation Gloria. is beautiful. I, I appreciate that. You know, and I really appreciate your call, because I think that, you know, it's really, it's one thing to talk about these things in theory, but it's another thing when this is personal and when it's real. And, um, yeah. My wife, for example, has um, lost both of her parents. And one of the things that she always tells me is that she says, you know, when Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yes. Um, he says, you know, a lot of people use that in, in response to uh, many things like, you know, store up treasures in heaven. But she says it's also true about the fact that when your treasure, what you treasure most here on earth, uh, the people mm -hmm. you love, when they're in heaven, uh, it draws your heart to heaven all the more. Absolutely. And you just really touched my heart when you, um, and I've tried to explain that to my son, when you said, you know, we all are going to suffer, we're all going to die. And but just to know that 
eternity, I think, is so hard for, for us to grasp how long that is. Yeah. But I just, there's nothing more than a parent can want than to have their child to live forever. And so it just brings me so much hope every day. And it's, I, I, I'm hoping that at some point it will bring him some type of comfort to know that. And, and I hope God will ease his pain. And, but it, not yet, but I'm hoping he'll get there at some point. But I just wanted to thank you for your explanation, and I hope that others out there who have lost um, will will realize that, and it'll bring them some peace as well. Amen. You know, one of the one of the things that I always say is that, um, you know, not believing in God doesn't make suffering go away, right? Absolutely. Like, I I think that's one of the things that I I'm often curious about is. Uh, it, people act as if they're going to um, respond to this by saying, God, you know what, I'm not going to believe in you because things haven't gone the way I want, wanted them to, uh, or you haven't acted the way I want you to. And, you know, the thing is, it's like, well, look, he's offering you hope. He actually is offering you a solution. Uh, and would you turn away from that just because, uh, and for what? You're still going to suffer and you're still going to die without hope but he's offering you hope and a resolution. So anyway, I know that I'm preaching to the choir right now, but yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I just, to be able to trust in his sovereignty and to know that even if I asked every single day why, it would just, I would never know why, but to trust in God that he knew what his plan was for my daughter, that she had a purpose, even though it was for two years here on earth, but to know that she had a reason and a purpose and a place to go and to, to be everything that I needed. And oh, so it's great. just comfort. And I do last week missing her, and uh, it still heals my heart in a way that I cannot explain. I can't imagine. Well, Thank thanks for you. thanks for calling Thank in, Lori. And I, I'm sure that Absolutely. what you just said was encouraging to some people out there. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Have a blessed day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, on uh, following up on Lori's call there, I just wanted to share with you guys just one of the things that I always that always gives me goosebumps, and that is that I love the way that C.S. Lewis concluded the Chronicles of Narnia series. And I just want to read you that last paragraph of... Um, the final the final battle, which is the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia, because it talks about heaven. And Laurie was saying, you know, it's sometimes so hard for us to really imagine and grasp eternity. But I love the way that C.S. Lewis described it. Check this out. Here's what he said. Uh, he's speaking of Aslan, and he says, uh, As he spoke, he no longer looked like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read, but which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. I don't know about you guys, but that tears me up every time I read it. It makes me long for heaven and eternity. And I think he described it so perfectly. Let's go to our next caller, Linda, uh, calling from somewhere in Colorado. Um, welcome to the program, Linda. Thanks for calling in. 
Linda. We might have lost Linda. Okay, let's go to line three. We've got Charles in Colorado Springs. Hi, Charles. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I have a quick question for you, and I'll turn it over to you. Um, sure. It's regarding into Enoch and the book of Enoch. Um, yeah. Recently, I've been doing a little studying on it, and I personally feel that everyone that is per that is created and not only mentioned in God's Word has a purpose, as I feel we all have purposes. My question to you is, with, with Enoch being... Um, stated as he as he was, as he walked with God and was carried off from God. Um, what are your chances that, or what do you believe the probability that he did write a book and some of that information was handed down to his grandchild and his great-grandchild Noah, um, Methuselah, so forth and so on? Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally possible uh, that Enoch wrote that. You know, it is, I will say this, in theological circles, the book of Enoch is considered a pseudographical book. And what that means is kind of what you've already uh, referred to, is that it's a falsely attributed work, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that uh, somebody just used Enoch's name in order to uh, kind of give their book, you know, that they wrote some legitimacy. Mm -hmm. But But maybe it's not, you know, like you're saying, maybe it is you know, faithfully handed down through the generations. The question still remains, um, should it be treated as Holy Scripture? Because that's a different question. Well, and, and, that, and I'm glad that you led to that, because my reply for that would be, um, personally, Holy Scripture is one that abides with the lessons and the teachings that we've been taught, mm -hmm. right? Source and everything, you know, you can put that aside. The Word is the Word, and the Word doesn't change, regardless of which fountain that it comes from. So within, when I look back on a practical sense to um, back in those times when there was limited access to the Word other than what was passed down, and I look at most of the matriarchs in our line of faith, being Noah, Abram, so forth, descending from his seed, um, I believe that he had to have a major role or a portion in it being also that it stated, and, and it's all agreed upon all believers, that he walked with God um, for, for the count of 300 years. My, my line of thinking is that there would be no—I mean, what would be his purpose for doing so? I, 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 I just don't think it was happenstance. Right. Um, okay. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that the book of, of Enoch would surplace or, or, you know, take over the Bible anything. If anything, it should enhance or fit right in line. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so here's the deal. Uh, there's a couple things that I would say to this, is that this is, it's considered an apocryphal book. By the way, the, the only copy we have, the only manuscripts we have, it's of course not an original copy, but the mm -hmm. manuscripts we have of Enoch are written in the Amharic language, meaning that they're from Ethiopia. And Correct. so the source of Enoch's book is a bit dubious. And here's, here's the other thing is that it, Enoch was never considered um, canonical by the Jewish people. So, you know, one of the things, if you've been listening to the show, maybe you've heard me mention that I'm, um, I'm in school right now in a graduate program, and I'm, one of the, the thing I'm studying right now um, is what's called theological method. And what that means is, like, how do we determine 
our theology? You know, what sources of theology do we use? And so when we approach an issue like this, a uh, theological method comes into play. And what that means is this, like y you are actually expressing, what you're expressing is a theological method. You're saying here is here are the reasons why I believe that this should be used as complementary to the Bible. And, uh, you know, like you said, not to supplant the Bible, but as complementary. Now, my response to that would be that... Um, we should take into consideration uh, some historical things. Like if, if this was never considered the word of God, um, then maybe we should keep that in mind. I'm not saying that's the only factor, but um, like you, you said, a few other factors. Does it match up with other things in the word of God? Now, I haven't read the book of Enoch, so it, it's hard for me to, to come to any conclusion on that. But I will say that it does matter that the Jewish people never considered it scripture. And one of the reasons it matters is because when we look at how we got the canon of scripture that we have today, the New Testament canon was actually formed a little bit differently than the Old Testament canon. The Old Testament canon was formed throughout the ages as the Jewish people came to recognize certain writings as being inspired by God, either because they came through prophets or because um, it was generally considered uh, by the people and by especially uh, those who you know, were leaders amongst the people, that these were inspired words of God. Now, there were other things written, right? So we have, even in our, new, in our Old Testament Apocrypha that we have nowadays, you know, we have books of Maccabees, uh, books of wisdom, stuff like that. Um, and especially if you've read Maccabees, you'd say, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. It seems to match up doctrinally for the most part. There might be one or two things that, depending on how you interpret them, might not fit. But in general, you know, I mean, it's pretty good stuff. And like the Book of Wisdom says similar things to Proverbs. But it does matter that those things were never considered Scripture uh, historically by the Jewish people and still aren't today. And so what that means is, can we read these things? Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, we read books that are not canonical, meaning not biblical books all the time. I have a stack of books on my desk right now um, that are not that are kind of like about spiritual things and about the Bible, but they're not the Bible. And I read them, but of course, I when I read them, I take them with a grain of salt and I measure them against the canon. So uh, I think in that sense, if you can, if you have the maturity and the skill to be able to read something like Enoch and measure it against the canon of Scripture and what it teaches, and keep that which is good and spit out the seeds, then I think that um, that's essentially what we do when we read anything. And I, I think that that would be perhaps even profitable for people. So, I agree. Hey, I appreciate your time. but And, and maybe one day that, that book will cross your desk and, and you could read. But um, the, other, the only other thing that kind of that um, tipped my hat to it is not only was his name mentioned in the Bible, but there's several other instances where other prophets in the Bible refer to him as a prophet of God, so forth and so on. Right. And I guess that that's you. where it kind of, yeah. you know, jumbles up in that gray area comes in. Interesting. Yes, I, I know in Jude it mentions that. And, and probably that's why, if this is indeed a pseudographical book written after the fact, that's probably why they use Enoch's name. But we, you know, that's, that's stuff that we don't really know. I would just encourage anybody who reads to read with discernment and to read on the basis of Scripture. So, hey, Charles, thank you for your call. God bless you.
You too. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Daniel in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Going well. Good. Um, I've got a quick prayer request for you, um, for, I guess for you and, and all the all the listeners as well. Uh, my, my nephew's not, but about three weeks old. I uh, was born with a, a mass on one of his kidneys. Um, has been just in and out of the hospital the whole time since then. Uh, was admitted on Friday and is still in today. Um, it's kind of been the longest stint. Um, so I just I just pray for for miraculous healing. Um, yeah, if you would please. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We pray for Daniel and we pray for his nephew. And uh, Lord, so uh, we're so sad to see um, children suffering and things not being uh, whole. And so, Lord, we pray that you would manifest your kingdom in, in the life of this young child, Lord, and that you'd heal him. And we pray that uh, truly you would do something miraculous in, in, in healing him. Lord, we ask that in complete faith that you are able to do that. And not only are you able, but, Lord, you hear our prayers and you want what is best for us. So, Lord, we, we cast ourselves upon you and we ask for you to pour out grace and mercy in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. Right, yeah, bye-bye. you as well, Pastor. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air. We've got... Two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Michelle in Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor McKay. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I'm calling to ask a question um, about Holy Communion. Um, I have a question because there was Holy Communion yesterday at service when I go in church, and uh, and then uh, there was a visitor from to the church I go to a Baptist church preaching about um, Matthew chapter twenty six and verse um, twenty six. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and and said, "Take eat. This is my body." And um, I didn't go to Holy Communion because I was in a struggle because I had to go home and I was talking to a sister there and she confronted me and I was um, feeling like um, I let God down. Would God look at me differently from that without taking Holy Communion to do it in remembrance of Him? Will he look at me differently from that? No. And, um, no I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because when God's looking at you, He's seeing you uh, in Christ. And really, communion, yeah. as you take it in remembrance of Him, this is something which is a benefit for you. Okay, so you get to be mm-hmm. reminded of the gospel. You get to have special communion with God through taking His body and His blood. And uh, I just want you to understand that, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I know that next time when you have the opportunity, you're going to. At least I trust mm-hmm. that you will. And mm-hmm. I would just encourage you uh, to do that. So I, I really don't want you to feel condemned. I don't want you to, um, to feel that God is upset with you. 
I want you to remember that when he looks at you, he sees you in Christ. And you remember what he said to Jesus when, uh, during his baptism? He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And when mm. you are in Christ um, by faith, that is how God looks at you. He says, this is my child in whom I am well pleased. And yeah. so I want you to mm-hmm. take comfort in that today. Thank you. And so can I have prayer yeah. for um, my sister and I? Uh, we talk a whole lot, and I lent her some money, and I'm calling that God can lay on her heart to return the money back to me because okay. I had to pay my rent, and sure. I would not ever want to do that ever again. And I love my sister, and that God can bless her and her family very well. And... Uh, yeah, I talked to him about the Lord and God's Word, and I'm, I'm the oldest sister out of two sisters, so that God can bless her and her family, and I know it's blessed to give them than to receive, but my rent is due, so I don't want to be sound like I'm pressuring her or rushing her, but she just says she will give it back to me, but he's been uh, giving it back. Heavenly Father, we pray for Michelle and just ask... Um, Thank you, Lord, for her generosity. Lord, we know that you're a God, too, who has given to us um, even when uh, we didn't reciprocate and we didn't uh, return. You would call us to have that same heart. Uh, But, Lord, I do pray for Michelle that uh, she would get the money that she needs to pay her rent, whether it's from her sister or from some other source. Lord, I I pray that you would provide that for her. She would be able to take care of her needs and pay her rent. We pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor McKay. God bless you, Michelle. Thank you. You Bye-bye. You're listening (laughs) to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We're coming up towards the end of the show, but we've got a few more callers. Let's go to Ken in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Ken. Welcome to the program. Ken. Looks like we might have lost Ken. So let's go to uh, line three. We've got Desiree. Um, here in Colorado. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the program. Okay, well, it looks like we may be having a little technical difficulty right now. So um, while we're figuring that out, I'll just give you the numbers to call. We've got nine minutes left in the show. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, I wanted to tell you... um, one more thing that's going on at our church this Sunday here in Longmont uh, is that we're having a, a band visit. They're going to be leading us in worship. They visited a couple times so far, and uh, they're great. So this, they're called Final Greetings, and they're from Portland, Oregon. And Final Greetings is a ministry of a Jesus mission. So they have several bands. It's kind of a music ministry. They These bands are all, you know, they're, they're, they're living off of donations and just doing ministry all over the U.S. and abroad as well. And um, they do a lot of work in the Caribbean as well as in Eastern Europe. But uh, Final Greetings is a great uh, great worship team, great worship band. They're going to be playing at Whitefields Community Church this coming Sunday. So if you like good music and you want to be led in worship, come and join us. Uh, you can check out our address and service times on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com, and we're based in Longmont, Colorado, we'd love to have you. So final greetings. This past Sunday, just yesterday, we had another worship band playing here at Whitefields called Good Friday, which is also part of a Jesus mission. Uh, And they were great. It was a huge blessing to have them. But this coming Sunday, the band that's playing, uh, one of the 
one of the members of the band is the son of our worship leader. So our worship leader, his name is Mike Payne, and uh, he just does a great job with our worship teams and a great, uh, you know, he's our worship pastor. He's really got a pastoral heart and ministry here. But uh, his son is part of this ministry in this group, and he's going to be at our church this coming Sunday with his band, Final Greetings. So we'd love to have you join us. Come check us out this Sunday, Whitefields Community Church. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. Okay, let's go to Linda. Uh, who has a question on line one. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. Um, my sister um, goes through a lot of financial problems. She makes a lot of wrong decisions, and then she ends up um, having financial difficulty. And through the years, she'd always run to my mom and uh, cry on her shoulder. My mom would argue with my dad until he finally gave in and would you know, loan her money, which... Most of the time, he never got back. But now it's getting really hard because my parents are in their 80s. I'm their caregiver, and we moved in together. We sold our house, mine and my husband's, and my parents, and we bought a house together so I can care for them. And she's causing a lot of strife in our family. Again, she's going through these issues. So I don't know from a Bible perspective, um... Do my parents owe it to her? Should they always help her out when she she goes through these difficulties? It's hard on them because financially, they don't have that much. They really don't. You know, they just put a little nest egg away, and that's about it. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say biblically, I don't think that they are obligated to um, keep bailing her out. You know, I mean, I I can understand that they want to, but I don't think there's anything in the Bible that would command them as to what to do here i think you know it's like our previous caller calling about his son you want to have to balance between showing grace and uh and showing love and sometimes well and actually i'm sorry i I don't want to set those two against each other so i kind of retract that and just say this you want to love the person in the right way and sometimes loving that person means allowing them to go through some difficulty. In fact, I, I was just reading today on this topic of why does God allow suffering? And one of the things that this person pointed out was that suffering uh, is oftentimes for our own good and for our growth. And that God uses it in that way. And so, you know, I think that there can be a justification for saying, you know what, I'm going to let my child uh, go through this hard time in order that they might learn and grow because if I continually hold their hand and bail them out and you know keep them on financial life support um, that is really not going to help them in the long run well and I know my dad feels that way and my mom is actually in the hospital right now she's not doing too well but she's blaming me for uh, her not getting help mm-hmm. and I really don't have anything to do with it my dad refuses he's refused for years because he got tired of it. She never comes to us for any advice or anything, but when she does do things, we find out in the end when it's already too late or she's gotten herself into things. And she blames everybody else but herself. So, Well, let me let me pray for you and your family, Linda. This one's really uh, a matter of, of wisdom to know what's the right you. move in this situation. Holy Father, I pray for Linda. I pray for her parents. I pray for her sister. Lord, I pray for her sister that uh, where she has areas for growth, Lord, you would help her to grow. And Lord, that you give Linda and her family grace and wisdom to know how to respond to her in the most loving way 
even if that means saying no to her in some cases. And I, Lord, I pray that you give them the wisdom and the strength, but also the guidance. They really need to know your will for every particular situation. We pray that you would give that to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Pastor, my mom's in the hospital. She's not doing too well. If we could just, you know. Heavenly Father, we pray for Linda's mother. And Lord, we ask that you would be with her in the hospital. Lord, bring healing and bring uh, your presence in her room there that she might sense that you're with her. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Bless you. Thank you. you. I I, I love listening. I listen to Grace FM every morning, all day long. That's the only thing I have on. Awesome. God bless you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady. Let's go to our final caller in Fort Lupton, Colorado. Hi, welcome to the program. This is Dwayne, right? Yes, sir, this is Dwayne. Okay, uh, Dwayne, I've got about a minute and a half, but I saw your topic, and I wanted to try and address it before the end of the show. So if you could really make it brief, and I'll make my answer brief. Okay. Uh, briefly, uh no, I'm all tongue-tied. Uh, how many Gospels are there? I mean, there's just one self- Gospel of salvation unto Christ, or is there one separated for the Jews and one for the Gentiles? Yeah, so that, you know, it says here that you attended a church where there were taught there were two Gospels, a Gospel for the Jews and a Gospel for the Gentiles. That is actually Correct. has a name that's called Dual Covenant Theology. Sometimes it's, it's um, referred to in other ways as well. Uh, with different variations. I'll tell you this, um, I I think that that is, I would actually say, I think that that is anathema, meaning that is is not true. That's an aberration of the gospel. Paul makes it very clear in the New Testament that there's one gospel. There's only one way that anyone has ever been saved and ever will be saved. And, uh, and that is true for the Jew and the Gentile alike, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross for us. So there are not two Gospels. There is only one for all people, for all time. Thanks, Dwayne. God bless you. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. Thanks, this Pastor. is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. God bless you, and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.